0: Is Sky Blue's Extra.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blue Extra Podcast. As ever sponsored by the Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Brewery, your best option for pre and post match entertainment. I'm Matt, and for the next 45 minutes or so, I'll be joined by Andy and Ross as we cover everything Sky Blue from the last seven days. How are we doing, fellas?
3: Yeah, good thanks, Matt.
2: Yeah. Well, good thank you, mate. Well, good. Good stuff. Right. Well, despite there being no goals for us to talk about this week, we still have plenty to cover as we take a look back over Coventry's 0-0 draw with Sunderland at the CBS Arena, as well as previewing what is likely to be a busy last few days of the summer transfer window for City, with some predictions on how Mark Robbins' squad might look from September onwards. But we'll jump in with that uh, 0-0 draw against the Macums, And I'll start with you, Ross. Obviously, we saw two changes to the side that started at Swansea, Palmer, and Sims both coming back into the side and replacing Sakamoto and Wright. What were your thoughts when you saw that starting eleven? Anything that surprised you? Anything that you would have
4: disagreed with and liked to have seen maybe a little bit different? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think I said it on the pod last week as well. I did think there was a chance that he'd play Sims. Um, I thought Sakamoto for Palmer was pretty pretty straightforward. To be honest, I think that's just the. Uh... Sakamoto will play there, but obviously Casey Palmer's a lot more established at championship level than Sakamoto is at the minute, and obviously he's going to have to get a lot more used to playing in that position. And obviously how we play, it's. I think a lot of our fans just think, oh well, he's played there before, so we can just play in there. But it doesn't work like that. You've got if you've got a system and roles to do in a team, you've you've got to you've got to know how to obviously one do that and also execute it to how we want it to be executed. So I think the Palmer one was was straightforward, but. The Sims and right one was always a toss-up. Personally, for me, I'd have played Hadji from the start. Um, I think he obviously needs a run of games. I think, to be honest, Sims would have been more impactful for me coming off the bench in that game than he would off starting because I feel like there was just a bit more pressure on him. But I can see why Robbins wanted, wanted to do it because he doesn't want to look like he's dropping Sims, if that makes sense. And he obviously has a lot of confidence in Sims. And I've always said, from when, when once he scores, I think the little things that he's not doing at the minute will will come so like i think robin said yes should have took an extra touch and then hit it those things will start to become almost like in sequence once he gets that first goal i think he just needs to get that burden off his off his back and once he does that he'll be okay but yeah i would i wouldn't i wouldn't disagree if that makes sense it wasn't like oh my god why has he played sims i just personally would have preferred Wright and godden and then to bring um, Sims on later is sort of locking like an impact of if needed. Because I also think it would have made them a bit more wary because it would have been, like, oh, Sims isn't playing. But is he going to come on? When's he come on? It's a bit like, like Robin said, it was a chess game anyway, but that would have made it a bit more of a chess game. I think having him on the bench than, than say, starting him. But yeah, it, no qualms from me. But yeah, it was w- was all good. It's just a shame we couldn't put one in the net. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a shame. Do we, do we think...
2: Obviously, it seems to be, you know, obviously at the minute, one of Sims or all right with Godden. We know there's similarities potentially maybe with, with Sims and Wright, but do we think there might be a point in the season where we can see them both starting together? You, you assume, obviously, with the with the money we've outlaid there, we've possibly got to be expecting to see them start together, even if they are, you know, relatively similar, or, or do you think this is always going to be the, the pattern we can expect,
4: Ross? yeah i think I think we will see it. I also think as well once we um now we've got this young boy Ayari who looked good yesterday by the way um obviously we've got him, Palmer and O'Hare. I also think we will play multiple formations throughout the year so some games will start with two up front i think we'll also start with one striker this year i can see Robbins potentially going to like two tens so like a double pivot 10 if that makes sense and yeah box based like a box midfield but less of a box midfield than it was last year with more centre midfielders with just say two your two centre mids i.e sheath Eccles, whoever it may be, and then your two technician type of players in Sakamoto, Palmer, um, Ayari, O'Hare, when he comes back. And then obviously you could play the right Sims or or someone like that up top on, on their own, or even Godden. So I think there'll be multiple changes throughout the year. Um, but I do expect... I did kind of want to see them two up front yesterday i was a bit not disappointed i'd have liked to have seen god been withdrawn yesterday keep sims on and then play Wright and sims together i thought yeah. that was maybe what he was going to do but all ticking over at the minute really isn't it we're trying to dwindle with things and we still don't we still don't know what who who's who we're going to actually bring in in the next week fingers crossed before the window before the window closes so we'll just wait and it's see. and
2: it's a nice problem for for us to have obviously We've got options of of people up front who we you know should have a level of confidence in i know it's been a difficult start for sims but um but a, a lot to come and and, and and as you're right i think you're you're correct in saying we, we're going to see a few different changes and in, in formation startups with um with, with that starting you know striking output that that we'll see in throughout the season so we'll move into the game and andy i know you're you're obviously our, our main guy when it comes to the stats anything that really stood out for you from from saturday's game
3: yeah, we just missed too many clink of chances, <laughs> which is just the point of the game, really. I'll go through the stats. Um we kept the ball pretty nicely. We had a 52% possession. Expected goals was 1.31, which is pretty healthy. It's not too bad. 17 goal attempts, which again is really healthy. Um but my always book bear, there was only six on target. We should be, you know, looking to maybe. Hit towards double figures on that. And then we had four shots off target and seven blocked shots. So you can say, yeah, okay, we didn't hit the target enough, but you can say, well, Sunderland defended pretty well, which they did, to be honest. A bit like us the other end. I thought we blocked a lot of shots from Sunderland and press, especially people like Fant and and the other defenders. I thought they were fantastic. So, yeah, a little bit disappointing that we weren't clinical enough and we didn't hit the target enough. but. Perhaps we should praise Sunderland a little bit there. Yeah, absolutely.
2: The a good defensive performance of. from both sides. Moving into the game, obviously the first real decent chance foul to, to Matty Godden. A um, bit of a re- reaction effort for him. Benchy taking range from from distance and his deflected effort falling into the path of Godden. But he was only really able to turn the ball straight into the path of Patterson in the Sunderland goal. And it has been a bit of an up and down start for God and I know obviously he is our leading scorer so far, but not so great feedback after that Leicester performance and he obviously missed a few chances, which we've already alluded to, has been a bit of a theme so far this season. Um looking at this one particular, do you think it's a bit harsh to suggest he could have done a bit better with it, or is this maybe a sign of, you know, a little bit of a lack of sharpness with with Matty? Uh
3: harsh, if I'm being honest. It was difficult. Um it wasn't like the one against Borough that was in front of him. He had to stretch for this one. For me, it was a difficult chance. It almost
2: feels um, a good chance because he's he's so, so close yeah, out and that's... he's, yeah.
3: Yeah, because he's in good form, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, you, you expect when he's in good goals coming forward, which he is, you expect those things, maybe he could have just latched onto it and put it into an empty net. Mm. But, but I think that's harsh, to be honest. It did come at him very quickly and he just stretched it late, it just went over yeah. it. So, uh, yeah, no, me, I tend to harsh.
2: agree it's relatively early in the game as well and it has come to him pretty quickly so we'll uh, we'll give him a pass on that one but uh Ross we had a, another incident shortly after a long throw from Vanuic and obviously that's starting to look like a little bit of a attacking threat for, for the Sky Blues which you might see them lean on at points this season but did appear to strike the arm of Luco 9 on its way towards goal um, with Ellis Sims not too far away and potentially blocked a, a clear goal scoring opportunity for the sky blues as I say there wasn't really too much said about it um there wasn't really any appeal from the city players or really in the post-match reaction but what were your thoughts on this is this something you noticed during the game do you think looking back on it, it is something where we, we've maybe got a right to be be frustrated to not see the referee point at the spot um to be honest
4: mate i mean i was down the other end of the stadium so <laughs> it would have been a try. good spot from there yeah if if, if, I, if i was if i was appealing for that then i definitely should <laughs> be in black uniform on the pitch because uh I, I could have given that as a penalty but no mate to be honest it just looked like it bounced around from where i was obviously would we- Any team that has someone who can throw the ball long into the box, it's a threat, isn't it? Something it's 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 always people say it's like having another option of a corner. So instead of always having, basically, you can have a corner kick or you can have your corner from a throw-in. So teams obviously have to defend it a lot more. But I think it's generally even
2: better than a corner because you've got that flat. Um, trajectory and it's 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 probably coming in from a better angle. Yeah, but you yeah, almost yeah. get you almost get labelled with that kind of you know. I know obviously the classic one was probably Stoke, and then that gets labelled in with being a dirty side and and a, and you know one dimensional side. But it's probably going to be something that we're going to see this season. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you know we're we're obviously not going to be playing the the kind of football that we've
4: expected to see from from Coventry under Mark Robbins. Yeah, I think um I think from what I've read as well, hasn't Bobby Thomas got a long throw as well? I yeah. think he can. I think he can launch one as well. So I think the only reason that he's probably not done it at the moment is because obviously um, Milan's still getting used to his position. Obviously on the same size as Bobby Thomas. So I think once they settle in to their roles a bit more, know each of that, you'll then start to see things like Thomas maybe taking a throw. But also Robbins probably wants Thomas in the box because obviously he's a mm. big boy. He can yeah. he can score goals and you can see what a threat he is. So obviously if Milan Milan realistically is the is the better option to to take one and it is something that obviously did cause a bit of bother. But yeah, in terms of the penalty, I saw the video on Twitter this morning and to be honest it, it could have been given but it's always a sticky one because we'll probably have decisions like that for throughout the season for us where we, we other teams will be going, oh, well, that should have been a penalty. But we'll be thinking, Jesus, thank God that didn't get a given against us. So I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, my God, I'm raging with it. Because to be honest, it, that, that didn't affect the game in the slightest. It was just mm. like, like Andy said, it was just literally down to the fact of that we just weren't good in front of goal.
2: Yeah, fair point. I think...
4: He's leading into that, probably another example of uh,
2: that lack of clinical edge came shortly afterwards with Casey Palmer, who, who did realistically look the biggest threat in that first half when it when it came to a player in a sky blue shirt. Uh, managed to find Ellis Sims on the left hand side of the penalty area, um, looked to be in behind, but had to, to cut in. Put an effort in on goal, but again, a relatively straightforward save for, for Patterson, who was able to turn it away with his legs. Andy, obviously... Ellis Sims, it's now four games he's been involved with uh, in the league and, and no goals to his name. What are your thoughts so far? Obviously, is it one of those situations where you do think just maybe that one goal to kickstart his city career, or are there worrying signs that you you're starting to see form?
3: Uh well, go back into the point of the chance, I thought unfortunately Palmer, who is literally has been absolutely, he was phenomenal yesterday, by the way. Um I just thought his pass was a little bit too heavy. It he didn't wasn't in Sims's stride. And that's why he had to he went a little bit wide with it, unfortunately. So I'll blame Palmer on a little bit on that one, unfortunately, because if he was in his stride, he probably would just be able to jump on it and just do you think it in the bottom corner.
2: Do you think that's to do with the defender? Because he, maybe. He's kind of gotta put maybe. it in an area to get, you know, yeah. I just wonder if he takes a little bit off, maybe that defender's able to to cut it out.
3: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, fair point, maybe you've got a point there. But I just think the weight of pass was just slightly heavy, which is surprising for him because normally his weight of pass is brilliant. It's normally spot on, isn't it? So mm-hmm. I just thought on for that one, Sims. Um, I've always a little bit unlucky because he had to cut back in, like you said, and that made the chance a little bit more difficult. If the ball was more in his path, then he would have just slotted it, probably maybe in the bottom corner. But going back to your point about Sims, am I worried? Not really, um, a little bit, because the only thing I'm worried about, because he's, because he's had a pre-season with us, it's not like he hasn't. Like, right, at the moment, for me, I don't know why he didn't start, because he has got off the mark. He hasn't had a pre-season with us. At the moment, Sims, he just, just looks lacking for me. Um, Which is
2: surprising, because he obviously yeah. did... He did quite well in preseason. I yeah, know it's generally against yeah. mm. lower level opposition and, you know, it, it probably isn't a fair comparison, but he was the player who, who obviously had that preseason opportunity to, you know, bed in with the team. He's certainly been around, uh, you know, a good few weeks before before Wright joined us. So I tend to agree with your point, but it maybe it's a, a bit surprising and maybe that in itself is a little bit where the concern might be because, you know, obviously he did have the benefit of... Uh, you know, of a pre-season to, to get used to to the squad and the management and everything?
3: It just looks a bit clunky to me at the moment. Everything's mm. a bit slow, bouncing off him a little bit. It needs to be a bit more tidier. Um It just needs to be more of a threat, in my opinion. So, you know, it's that's four games now without a goal. So I, I understand why Robin's started him, because obviously he pleased to play for Sunderland, didn't he? he? scored quite a few goals for them, so that was probably in the back of Robinson's mind. And the other thing that he wants him mean, he desperately needs a goal, doesn't he? Because as soon as he gets a goal, then hopefully that will open the floodgates oh, because at the moment, yeah. it looks a bit of a struggle.
2: Yeah, no, it makes sense. I think, yeah, you want to give him as much opportunity as you, as you can to, to get off the mark, and obviously maybe that little bit of inside knowledge that he'll, he'll have with the Sunder defenders might have given him the nod, but um, wouldn't be surprised. I, I think from from any perspective to see right Ra- right come back into the side for for the next game. Moving into the into the second half, um, realistically, I think we can possibly say this was the one of the the best periods of pressure for the for the visitors at the start of the periods. Ross, for you, any concerns at this stage? Obviously, we did have opportunities in that first period. We weren't able to take them, which has been a little bit of a theme so far this season were there any concerns when Sunderland did appear to start to get back into the game early in the second half or do you always feel relatively comfortable with with how our defense were handling any any threats Sunderland
4: might have been able to put forward i'll be honest i think we we missed I hate to bring him up, but we really missed Hamer in there yesterday because he would have really chilled that game out a lot for us. We were we Josh Eccles in the first half was really good and Sheaf was Sheaf was okay as well, but it for me it was too frantic in the second half. I know people were saying oh it was it was an up and down game it was it was way too open for me. Just the one thing I said last week on the the preview before the game was I didn't want us... To, the, the one area I knew they'd hurt us in is on transition when when they sit back and give it to Jack Clark And he was getting the ball out wide too much. Like I said, Van, Van Ivar is a really good defender. Like, you saw that yesterday. Going forward, he's what I've got called Dabo syndrome at the minute. He needs to get a bit more confidence in him. But defensively, you can't knock the guy because he really kept Jack Clark at bay yesterday. And I think if we didn't have someone as quick or we did have someone like Dabo or etc wing back i think we probably could have been in a little bit more trouble um it's just a good job that we've obviously paid money for an athletic wing back who can who can run that run now which is what you can see why why we've recruited in that area but um it it was way too open for me to be honest the second half i didn't i didn't really enjoy it i know for from a from a spectacle point of view it's good for it to be end to end but you, you can't get into a game of Chess like that with them, in my opinion. I know Robins come out and said, "Oh, we played well," but I just think he was bluffing to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I think
2: you've touched on an interesting point because Robbins, even before the game, you know, I think we're confident there will be more players coming in over the the next few days before the window closes. And and Robbins really did talk about we've we've obviously brought Ayari in, but still another midfielder who probably can help us a bit more in the in those transitional moments. You know, possibly somebody who can. Control the pace of the game a little bit more, get the foot on the ball, and you know, obviously, control the pace of the game in the middle of the pitch. So, you know, it's it, it's obviously a key area that Robbins is um, is looking at, and I would expect to, to see as addressed. But moving back into into Saturday's game and another opportunity which came through Casey Palmer, realistically, was at the heart of most Sky Blue attacking endeavours, um, and on this occasion, we saw a Maisie run which. Obviously, I think we'd all love to have seen the, the, the back of the net bulge, but unfortunately, again, just one of those opportunities where Patterson was was left to make what was ultimately a fairly routine save, unfortunately. Um, Andy, just picking up on Palmer, obviously, we've talked about him um, today already. We've talked about him on the pod quite a bit. I know Dave's Dave's a bit in and out with him, and um, we, we can all see the ability that he's got and the talent and the technical abilities that he has, but... With this season, with the likes of Sakamoto coming in, obviously O'Hare is going to be coming back, and hopefully we'll we'll, we'll get back to fitness and and stay there in the, in the coming weeks and months. What are your thoughts with Casey Palmer in in terms of a Sky Blue shirt? This is really his opportunity now to put a stamp on that position and maybe you know block O'Hare coming straight back into the side. Do you think he's doing enough at the minute, or or, or would you be thinking at the moment if O'Hare was to come back in the next few weeks? he'll go straight back into the, into the side.
3: Um I think, like Ross said earlier, that there'll be a chance of maybe playing both of them, O'Hare and Palmer, together behind one of the strikers. I think that sounds good to me. Um, I think Casey Palmer is key this season. He had last season, where he had, obviously towards the end of the season, he got injured, which was unfortunate, but he played a lot of games for us and was very, very pivotal for me. I think... um I think he's been fantastic this season. I think he's been our best player this season so far. Um, He is so creative and brilliant on the half turn and can see passes that other players can't and thread people in. Um, I think he's brilliant. And um, whether O'Hare comes back or not is immaterial to me because I think Palmer will play with O'Hare or... And if he wants to play two up front, then maybe you know, he'll swap it around between O-o-o Palmer and O'Hare. But I think like Ross said at the start of the thing, it wouldn't surprise me if he starts going back to the four in midfield, the box formation, and then play the two technical players behind the front man. Because I think that looks really good to me. If you've got good movement, Casey Palmer and O'Hare will find you.
2: Put you on the spot a little bit with this one. Let's say with a Devil's Advocate, if we've got O'Hare back and obviously he's had a, a little bit of an opportunity to get back to fitness and, and game time in his legs but we are leaning towards a formation which is going to have you know one attacking midfielder okay uh, where, where would you go you know obviously we've got O'Hare it, it, it's it's hard to say because we, we're probably going to be judging him on what we saw you know good nine months ago now but do you think Palmer's at a level that we saw from O'Hare before he left us or
3: that's a tough question, isn't it? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, yeah, very good question. Um, probably O'Hare's a better player when he when he's full of, on full tilt. If you, if you're being honest, come on. Mm. But Casey is, you know, not that far behind him when he's on full tilt. If that makes sense. But you, if you play in one and everyone's in top form, then you probably go with O'Hare yes. because he's a better player. But I like say, I think there's going to be many occasions where Casey Palmer will feature this season because he's very influential and I think he's going to be very important. But I think it's just great to have them, them kind of attacking players in your team. You want those kind of people that, who have that creative, creativity in your team as well because that's what makes goals, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and having those kind of battles and and those competitions for places is something that is great to see, obviously. It shows the progression we've made over the last few years. So really going to be fantastic to to see what happens when obviously we're all eagerly awaiting that return of, of O'Hare. But again, going back to Saturday's game, Ross, we talked about a, a half shout for, for a penalty for Coventry. At the other end, Sunderland in the second half, a little bit of a shout for a penalty of their own. Dan Neal going into the box and, and going over a tackle from Fads um i'm guessing from what you said earlier on this is probably the wrong end of the pitch for you again so not sure if you got a chance to see it during the game but any opportunity to see it afterwards any thoughts on the the appeals that they had on on this one because there was a bit more of an appeal from sunderland here versus obviously
4: the commentary shout earlier in the game the the, the, the last two home games i thought we we got lucky in um in both to not. I mean, they could have been a penalty, but you could also see why they're not. I think the member Bobby Thomas's challenge on the Middlesbrough player in the box where he absolutely smashed it. I think yeah. another referee probably could have given that as a penalty. And my instant reaction with my mate yesterday when that guy went down is we went, that looked like a penalty. Like yeah. we were, we, I was going, if that was me in that way and carve, I'd be fuming if that hadn't been given for us. So it, it could have been given. I think we've been lucky to not... Uh, to, any other referee or another referee in both those games probably could have given a penalty against us and it could have changed the game. So, I mean, it I looked think- clumsy, didn't it? And I think it's one of those we probably saved a little bit. By
2: the fact that there's so many people in and around play, and it possibly makes it difficult for the for the ref to see what's going on. But it, it, I, I tend to agree with the Thomas one. It's probably what's what does It was just maybe a little bit out of nowhere. You know, it's kind of it, it, it came from nowhere and and, and it felt like just an unexpected smash, were not it? it was pretty much.
4: Like, yeah, it was just a bit like what's going on. Whereas that one was a lot more. He looked like he just ran into the box and just completely got took out, but. To be honest, I think it goes back to my point earlier on. All of all of these situations happen though from how we were playing in the second half. So if you keep giving them the ball, you're gonna. I kept saying if we we may as well just pass it to them because every time we were getting it we just kept we just kept passing it to him in the second half i don't know what was wrong with us it was just like every time we got it instead of just trying to slow the game down that's another thing we kept doing as well is we'd get the ball back and wilson would have it in his hands and instead of just waiting for 30 seconds and just letting us regroup it was like quick let's try and find sheath really quickly but then half of our players are still stood in our own half and we've not even moved up the pitch yet and it's just like we don't need to pass and play that quickly when we're when we're in in a basically in a game of chess sometimes just need to take the sting out of it, let it relax. Do you know what I mean? I know we're playing different football this year as well. Obviously, we're playing a lot more on the ground stuff and not less transition than we did, obviously, last year because we've got different players. But swings and roundabouts in it, we could have probably had one. They could have probably had one. But if buts and maybes, if they scored their goal, they'd have won. And if Hadji Wright scored our goal, we'd have won. Do you know what I mean? It's
2: yeah, moving on to that, uh, that chance for right that you've just mentioned, Andy. He probably was the clearest opportunity of the game. Similar in some ways to the, the chance for Sims, but maybe a little bit more time, a little bit of a better angle for him. Uh, the through ball coming from, obviously, Yassin Ayari on his debut. Um, Hadji Wright appeared to have, obviously, plenty of time here to pick his spot. Robin's obviously, alluding after the games to that opportunity to, to finish like Thierry Henry in the Premier League, which to, I'm sure something we'd, we'd all look to see from Hadji Wright moving forward, but Again, a very similar kind of finish to what we saw throughout the game. Pretty much a straightforward save for, for Patterson. Give us your thoughts on that that chance. He's got to do better, has Yeah, I think
3: he should have. Re- I, I disagree with Robbins with that comment because I thought Patterson really closed the angle down really well. Mm-hmm. He got close to it really well. So what what he needed to do is reverse it to the other corner because right. the keeper was expecting him to go, obviously, do the Tyrion reefing and put it in the bottom corner. But the keeper closed him down really well. Mm-hmm. However, if he would have put his eyes that way and then reversed into the other bottom corner, that was the finish. So for me, um, yeah, that's what he should have done, but it was unlucky. Um, great ball through, though. Lovely, yeah. lovely, lovely vision by Ari. That's that's promising to see as well. That is mm-hmm. because that that was kind of above the level. That was that was beautiful. And Wright um, should have finished it, and that mm-hmm. would have been game over, and would have been three points. And kind of summed the frustrating afternoon up that I did, that, that chance of, I would just say by the keeper, it was just a, the whole thing was all a bit annoying towards the end.
2: Yeah, it did certainly fit the mould and obviously, as we say, a lot of routine saves for Paterson in those opportunities on goal. Unfortunately, we weren't able to take those chances. Probably the best chance for, for Sunderland came quite late on in the game. It was the last real chance of the game. Foul to Joe Bellingham in the area. Uh, obviously, he's got a lot of eyes on him at the moment in association with his brother, but he did net twice last week for Sunderland in their comeback win over Rotherham. And seeing that ball dropped him in the area, it was quite a, a heart and mouth moment. But we saw obviously Fad's do Fad's thing in the end and, and throw his body on the line to block the effort on goal. Ross, just like to get your thoughts on this one. Robbins obviously has been quite open on the fact that we're we're looking to bring another centre back in. Um, which would bring it up to five in total, which I think is is realistic when you, you start with three. Um, what are your thoughts with Fads? He, he's obviously shown his leadership abilities already this season, but maybe a couple of moments where you saw what we expected to see from Fads two, three seasons ago. If we were to bring another centre-half in, do you expect him to have a big role to play still? Would you expect him to be a pretty set starter for us? Or, or do you think there is actually a threat if somebody was to come in of a decent standing he
4: might be the one to to have his his place under threat. Yeah, I think just touching what you said about, obviously, um, Sunderland as well. To be honest, I think them actually not having a striker actually basically made us worse, if anything, because what they're really good at is rotating. So they rotate positions. They were really moving us around. And you can tell someone like Fad's, the last yeah. thing he wants is when he's got Bradley Dak as almost like a false nine, drawing out to the halfway line, and then Jack Clark going into a pocket. and Stretching then... the play, I yeah. Think yeah, if they had Patrick Roberts, it would have caused us a few more problems, I think, than they did they Did they yesterday. Obviously, they had to put that boy bar in there. But I think if they'd have had Roberts, it would have been... They probably could have scored, to be honest, because we, we, you could tell we weren't comfortable with. So, um, But, yeah, in terms of Fads, I've, I've always said this about Fads. Obviously, he's, he's improved a lot. He's 37 years old, though. This is what people need to remember. We can't be relying on a 37-year-old Carmut McFadston to be playing 46 games in a championship season for us. He's... He's a massive player, he's big in moments, don't get me wrong. With the blocks he does, leadership skills, his overall game is is good. But like you said, he does he does do the old McFadsden things of four years ago pretty much when he joined us. He's now being asked to go and basically receive the ball and start playing out from the back and attacks and attacks and attacks and he can do it, but is there much better players that we can get out there who are probably just as good a defender, if not better? There is, and Robbins will know that, but he is going to be an important player for us throughout the season. And we will touch on potential transfer
2: opportunities we might see in the coming days in a moment. But before we move on, let's just uh, tie a ribbon around this one. Obviously, Fadzi's block did ultimately see out the the nil-nil draw. So let's get a couple of man of the matches. Uh, Ross, I'll come to you first. Anybody who stood out for
4: you? God, it's quite a difficult question. Do you know who I'm actually gonna give it to? Milan. Vanny I'm going to give it to him. I thought he was really. I think de- defensively, he really assures me. I never feel like he's going to get taken on, and even if he does, he's that fast. He'll recover and tackle. I think it's it that pace thing, him. isn't it? Similar yeah. to
2: kind of yeah. not not suggesting he's overly similar to Carl Walker, but you always feel if he even if he gets beat, he's got that opportunity to turn and get back. in. in there and was one yesterday.
4: Where he um. I think he either gave it away, I can't remember, he either gave it away or they took it past him, but then he managed to, like, recover and then just, like, basically do a sweeping tackle from behind. And I just thought, that's why we've paid the money from you. The attacking side will come eventually. Like, you could see throughout the game, him and Thomas were having a few words, you know, and obviously they're they're still trying to get used to each other. But his defensive side really assured me. And like Robin said after the game, Jack Clark is probably one of the top, Three slash five wingers you probably will come up against in in the whole division. So to be able to keep him out and not concede against him, and let's look at it on a plus note, we've not conceded in two own games so far. So that's been a positive that we've not had to see any limbs in the in the away end. You know what I mean? So it's we'll take that. And Andy, what about you? You in agreement, or
2: are you leaning towards towards somebody no, else? No, total
3: agreement. Milan kept Jack yeah. Clark quiet. You know, anyone who can keep Jack Clark quiet has done a decent job and I thought he was fantastic in that defensive duties and he did absolutely superb. Special mention to Fads because of his blocks and his uh, clearances, I thought that was good by him but no, I think Milan deserves it for keeping Jack Clark quiet.
0: You're listening to Sky Blues Extra.
3: Picture the scene, all of your mates
0: around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Following on
2: from the nil-nil draw, the Sky Blues will enter the last few days of the summer transfer window, a window that has already proven to be very active for Coventry and that is expected to continue with funds seemingly still available following the departure of Gustavo Hamer just over a week ago. Um, Mark Robbins has suggested there's a need for two to three more players following the arrival of Yasin Ayari on loan from Brighton last Monday. We did touch on him briefly during the the rundown of the Sunderland game, but Ross, give you your thoughts on him as a as a as a new sign and you've seen him come in as a starter or do you think there's a bit more of a battle for him to to get in that starting eleven?
4: Yeah, I mean from from I knew we had a good player because if you want to look at a Wild Run football club in terms of manager, owner chairman sporting directors the lot then then Brighton have albion are one of the best run clubs in the premier league if not in the world at the moment in terms of how they recruit players and how shrewd they are and how they go about their business i mean look at players like matoma and and Ciso, casado all these players that they've bought that they're shipping on for tens of hundreds of millions of pounds so from when I looked at their their comments and they would take they were tagging us saying, look after him, they, they quite like us as a football club, I think. Obviously, we've took a few of their players in the past and all their fans were saying, perfect move for him, perfect move for him. Robbins is a great manager at that level. Like Andy said earlier on, that pass that he did for Hadji was really, really good. He just, he just looks so comfortable on the ball. I just think, again, he's basically like Sakamoto 2.0. He just needs to get used to what? we do and how we work like robin said after the game he was walking around a bit too much at times and that's not just laziness i just think it's because he in in other teams he's probably been able to to do that but what we needed him for and the division he's playing in the championship is very stop start and the game he come on yesterday was probably the worst game to walk around in Once he starts to learn to move a bit more, gets a bit more match fit, I think we'll have a really exciting play on our hands. I think he'll score some goals and make some assists for us this year. I think he could get... Think he probably could to be honest looking at him he could probably get double figures in both if we play him as much as we can do and get the best out of him i wouldn't be surprised if he hit double figures in goals and assists especially with the players he's got around him so yeah he's a he's an exciting player to have on board i think and fingers crossed he'll, he'll give us some good memories and moments this season that potentially could could take us one step further so andy your thoughts on him do you think
2: obviously we've already seen eccles and um she form a bit of a partnership but certainly we know there's there's a need for recruitment in that area and, and you know yashin is is the first stage of that but do you think he is going to be a regular starter for us or do you think at 19 years of age there, there, there's there, there's obviously an opportunity for rotation in that area of the pitch
3: yeah again yeah to be honest with you i think um he's going to find his feet a little bit like you say i think Obviously, the championship's a lot more different compared to what he's probably used to, like Ross has just said. So he needs to obviously not walk about and think it's, you know... <laughs> it's going to get picked up
2: on, isn't it? You can't, yeah, it is. You can't do but, that in English football, especially no, in the and championship. I think,
3: and I think Robin was pretty clever why he probably mentioned that in the interview because that will obviously he'll hear that. So he'll probably know now not to lounge about and walk about when he comes on the pitch. He needs more from that. From we need more from him from that, especially on championship level because it's so up and down. So, but no, he's going to be as soon as he finds his feet and gets used to the championship key for us because, uh, again, like Ross says, you don't go on what he does on YouTube or what he did in, in Sweden for AIK, you, you go on what Brighton have said about him, and he is highly, highly rated. And you could just see with that pass yesterday why, you know. Again, it was above the level. It was superb passing superb pass into uh, Wright's thing. And if we get him round the box and he can fed over Godden right or Wright or Sims through, then we that's going to be great for us in the way we play. So, yeah, I think he's going to be key for us this season. I'm excited, really excited to see what he can produce.
2: Yeah, absolutely agree, and. Obviously following on from his signature, Robbins over the last few days has suggest suggested we could expect to still see two to three new signings come in. So Andy, if if that is the case, what areas of the pitch do you think most urgently we would need to be addressing with those signings?
3: Well, I think we need another set and a half because we're hmm. light there. Um, Especially when def- you
2: start three. You you need five, yeah. don't you?
3: Yeah, we definitely because Robbins doesn't go away from free, does he? So we definitely need another centre-half um, and we need maybe one or two centre-midfield players because I like Eccles. I think he's a good player, um, but I, I see him more coming in and out and not being a starter for me. I think we need someone better than Eccles, in my opinion to start next to Sheath And then when obviously form dips or injury, then we can bring Eccles in. For me. If we want to be going to the Premier League, then we need someone better than Eccles. And and that's nothing against Eccles. I think he's a brilliant talent, but the way he is, to start him, not for me. I think we need I think we need someone better.
2: I mean, Nichols is a, an interesting one, the feedback from him yesterday game. A lot of people had him as their man of the match. A lot of people yeah, no. suggested he, he struggled. So mm-hmm. he's one of those players, you know, possibly he, he maybe isn't the most obvious when he has an impact in the game. But mm-hmm. as you say, still relatively young and and a lot Absolutely. to learn. Um, and obviously, you, you're quite right in saying that the competition that we're, we're probably going to need in that area of the pitch, especially looking at replacing hamer um and the quality that we would have seen there it, it's going to be massively important for us but just looking at that as well how do you feel the squad is starting to shape up now you know we we, we probably are still going to see two or three more faces come in but I, I, don't, I don't know about you i don't personally think they're going to be big money money signings i think they're going to be permanent transfers but not necessarily for the five six seven million that you know some people might expect because of Hamer's transfer and, and the funds we might have what are your thoughts Do you think we will be spending big money or, or are you thinking what we need now is is maybe just a couple of additions that improve the quality of the squad but not necessarily you know do, do they necessarily need to be big money signings
3: not necessarily right? no no not really i think um i think we could do with spending a little bit of money because obviously we've got the money from Hamer haven't we, to spend so Yeah, um, but I don't think he's going to spend massive amounts if I I get my judgment right on that. Um, But hopefully, you know, he gets players that are are going to be ours because that's one thing that's more different and more exciting for me this season than last because a lot of our players now are ours and they're not loans. And I think that's key um, for me Um, and how to progress forward because... Obviously, as we can see with loans, they always go back and they never come back for another year, do they? So when there are players, you can develop them and then obviously progress with them and obviously move them on if they're for big money, if they if they do well, a bit like Vic did last season. So, yeah, I think hopefully if we get a couple of players in, I don't think it'd be massive money, but hopefully there will be permanent transfers, not loans. That would be more important to me.
2: Ross, we, we kind of speculate on this because we I think it's been quite clearly said that we we seem to have known who was coming in, you know, maybe a good week or two before they've actually ended up coming into the club. It seems to have gone quiet on specific names recently. We all know you're you're pretty good for a rumour. So is there any names you've got floating around at the moment? You know, your, your nan's cousin's dog's mate who used to work with Ducking, you know, getting pretty famous now. Anybody in, in particular that we could be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, shout out to Dino for all of these maids <laughs> it's going to happen up. until the transfer window closes so it, it will stop from next week you're good to go oh, yeah.
4: then i think he'll just keep he'll just keep it going <laughs> we all we'll know what dino's like but yeah Um, no i've not got any news late to be honest i try obviously i know people that are connected to the club so if i do hear anything but one, one thing i did get told um by obviously the, the source we'll call them as if <laughs> i'm an important guy the famous but, source <laughs> um he i spoke to the a lad i know in the gym that obviously speaks a lot to like the media guys city and stuff and he did say that the area that we're looking for is is a mid, and it's sort of like the mls south american base perimeter so i wouldn't be surprised to see if we recruit someone from sort of that base but i don't have names i don't have profiles all i know is that we are looking in that area and we've seen rumors online about names i think it was Dracalo or something wasn't it that was floating about this the centre half. But look, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't really care about rumours and stuff. To be honest, I, I only put them in as, as interest. I like to know when we've got when we've got a concrete signings. I mean, no one knew we were getting Iari. there wasn't even a sniff of it. And then it was just 5pm last Monday, and it was gimme, gimme, gimme with a Sweden flag. And everyone was like, what's <laughs> going on here? And suddenly, we would signed this young wonder the kid on loan. So um, hopefully, this this week, we'll see we'll see some more of that. But I would personally, I'd like us to get three, uh-huh. I would like us to get a permanent centre back and a permanent centre midfielder. They'd be the two that make me happy. But I'd also like a lone striker as well. I'd like for okay. another to maybe get a third, a third striker in on loan. It's someone, someone from the Premier League. You know, a young, young lad that, that, that basically the club are going to say to us, "Look, we know he's not going to play week in, week out, but we want him to have a bit of competition." You've got, you've got good players, in there. you've got Sims, who's played in the Premier League. You've signed the boy Hadji right up front, who's going to be. He's established international for a lot of money. Robbins is great at developing young players. They're going to look at it from a perspective. He's got players like Sakamoto, O'Hare, Palmer, Ayari, feeding balls through to this... But this young lad, it, it kind of suits the bill, really, didn't it? We've got a young team mm. that plays, good football, good manager, good technical staff. Just someone with a bit more, you know, a bit more pace. Someone's like an Adam Armstrong type player. Someone who's going to run the channels has a bit of speed in behind. So when you need to take them, like again by the scuff of the neck, a bit like yesterday, it would have been nice to have bought on right and, say, another quick striper and took off God and Sims, you know, to just completely change what we were doing. That would have been, that's my reasoning why, if we could get that done this week that would be that would be some shrewd business i think none of us really could then moan once the window's done that we've not been not been backed absolutely it's probably going to be a busier chance final transfer
2: uh, final week of the transfer windows we've been used to seeing over recent years it's, it's probably been a bit quieter for coventry in recent years but andy just to finish off touching on one of the points ross made there in terms of a striker um really interesting point i think it's clear that Robbins has suggested he would be keen to get another striker in. Um, but he's also suggested he probably prefer to steer clear in terms of lone players. We know that there is talent available from the Premier League and the benefit that, that that's been able to have in, in the Championship. You look at somebody like Cameron Archer for Middlesbrough last season and the strides that he's made. What are your thoughts around that and what are your thoughts around our possibility of bringing in a lone striker with the likes of, you know, obviously Godden, Wright and, you um, and sims at the club coming in for big money do you think a premier league manager would be looking at and thinking well how much opportunity would it would a striker get if they were to come into your club with with those names available to you
3: yeah that's a fair point isn't it yeah because they're not going getting be more impact off the bench wouldn't they how fast how far is to uh, tarare's away
2: I think still a little while um we oh, we we, we, we appear to be getting more of an update on the likes of O'Hare and Allen at the minute coming back in the next few weeks. I don't think he's too far away, but Mm. he's certainly not going to be available for the next, you know, good few weeks. So I I, I think he's probably somebody where he's something to consider, but probably as we say, Robbins has, has looked at it and said, I think he wants four strikers to choose from, but I don't know. It's he kind of said four, didn't he before? Yassin mm. came in. Now it's gone down mm. to two to three. Do you think if it were to be two, striker might be the area that, that ends up being overlooked?
3: Probably, yeah. It'd probably be the least, you know, most least important to Robins, you know, send him in and send him back. But I agree with Ross as well, because to be honest, to compete at this level, you, you could do with four strikers. because, but then agree with your point again, you know, Premier League clubs be looking at it and think, well, why will I loan him to you? Because, he's only going to come off the bench for the last 20 minutes all the time. He's not going to develop that much, is he? I want someone to start, but it depends on who whose contacts he's got. And, you know, you know, he might be able to get someone in, but I think that's least of our priorities at the minute. Yeah. But well, we like to be greedy though, don't we? It'd be nice to get a striker in as well, wouldn't
2: we? We'll take it. But we've got <laughs> no, to think of, of that balance as well, haven't we? You know, you've mm-hmm. got Simson, right, having to come off the bench. We want to see them, them make an impact. So certainly will be an interesting final few days of the window and I think one thing that the last few weeks and months have taught us is can't really predict too much with with this new sky blue squad and we'll we'll obviously see what happens but that is all time we've got for this week a big thank you to andy and ross for joining us and of course the biggest thank you goes to our listeners um just time to remind everybody the sky blue tavern and dylan's brewery remain your go-to locations for any of the big games and if you want to get involved with the conversation across all socials all you need to do is use the hashtag SBE Podcast. Mm -hmm.
0: Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast.
1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.